Hi, welcome to the Gay Love Coach Radio Show, and I'm so glad that you can join us. My name is Dr. Brian Urbsinski, your host, and I'm a psychotherapist and LGBT dating and relationship coach. My website is thegaylovecoach.com, and I'm very excited about the launch of this new radio show. You know, historically, there really hasn't been that much available in terms of information and resources about gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender issues, and I'm really pumped to be able to offer a forum for us to share our thoughts and collective wisdom that affirms our relationships. Each episode will offer helpful tips and strategies on dating, relationships, and sex that speaks directly to our LGBT community, and you really won't hear anything else out there like this. We'll have conversations with industry experts and members like you and me, advice letter responses, and even a call-in segment at some point, all designed to promote more successful dating lives, fulfilling relationships with our partners, and sexual enrichment. There will be something here for everyone. But with our very first show, we're going to be focusing on the ladies. We're going to be speaking with Mary Gorham Malia, one of the leading lesbian love coaches in the field, and we're going to be uncovering some important dating success secrets for women who love women to maximize your dating efforts in your quest for a life partner. So let's listen in. We are on the air with Mary Gorham Malia, who's also known as the Gay Girl Dating Coach. Her website is gaygirldatingcoach.com, and her business is founded on the belief that lesbian, gay, queer, bi, and transgender women can live extraordinary lives when they understand the principles and practices that make life great, and then put these practices into action into their own lives. She's all about helping lesbians break through into their dating lives and to happiness and lasting relationships. Welcome, Mary. Hey, Brian. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. Thank you so much for being with us. I'm thrilled. Thanks for the invitation. So before we jump in, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit. Many of our listeners may not know very much about dating coaching. So if you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit about, you know, maybe what got you started into love coaching and what kinds of things that you work on with clients. Um, Of course, I would love to do that. You know, what got me started specifically into dating coaching was sort of a long path Um, I came out later in life, and um, that in itself meant a pretty steep learning curve about what lesbian culture and lesbian community was about. And I was married for a very long time, living a very straight life, going to church and all those things, and came out, and boy, I just just ran into a lot of brick walls Mm -hmm. and um, discovered that I really, what I thought the rules were, weren't the rules. Um, And then, you know, culture is about all those unspoken things that um, really do affect how you interact and and how you build relationship and community. And over the years as I've been out, one of the things that I started to do is get involved in meetup groups and building communities of women through meetup and a consistent um, story that I heard from women coming into the groups were that... um, You know, their relationships were breaking up. They were having a really hard time finding somebody to date where they really felt connected. And on top of that, you know, they just, there's a lot of pain, a lot of loneliness, a lot of sense of being disenfranchised and disconnected in uh, in America when you're lesbian or gay. Um, And and certainly when you're transsexual or or bisexual, Mm -hmm. also those things can come up. And as I left the corporate world, I was an executive um, in the corporate world and in the nonprofit world and left that world and decided I just couldn't go back anymore. 
and really was searching around for something to do and realized that I was doing this already. I was already doing dating coaching and relationship coaching. And so I decided to take it a step further, really really figure out how to build it out as a business and a service to my community. Went and got certified in a couple of different certifications for relationship coaching and marriage coaching and singles dating coaching. And since then, that's really been what I've been focused on. And I think the biggest thing I see is women just getting really discouraged and overwhelmed with the process of dating in the 21st century, dealing with online stuff, social media, online dating sites, mm-hmm. texting, and all those sorts of things. And, and a lot of women, they get discouraged and walk away. And so there's always this, they, get, they quit, then they get really lonely, they're in pain, and they start again, and they sort of do this ongoing cycle. And so I help women really move past that discouragement and stay on track and stay on track with what they get really clear about what they want, what their, what their goals are both for their life, their work, their relationship, and to help them find the path to get there. That sounds great because I, I'm sure that you've found this too, but there really hasn't been very many resources out there available for the lesbian community or you know, gays, lesbians, tra- transgender, and bi at all. So I think that what you're doing is, is a great thing that is really hitting a, a great need that I think that these populations really need. So I think yeah, that's thanks. great. And, and that's what we're getting together here for today is just to talk a little bit about some dating success tips for lesbians to kind of help them out in their search for a life partner. And I was hoping that maybe you could offer some success tips for them. And was Absolutely. Yeah. Might be some that, that you have off the top of your mind. Let's, let's start with one for now. Okay, the first one for now is you have to do online dating. It's not optional. Mm-hmm. You have to get out there into online dating sites and engage with other women. And the reason I say it's not optional is that you can go to bars, you can go to parties, you can be out and about, you can go to lesbian meetup groups, and you might know somebody's single, but you don't know if she's looking. You don't know if she's interested in getting engaged in dating. You don't know, there's so much you don't know, but when you go on an on a online dating site, number one, that says she's single, she's definitely looking for a relationship, and you sort of get this baseline of information about a woman. So you, you know her age, unless she's lying within a few years, but you sort of know her age. <laughs> right. you, know, you know where she lives. You know what she likes to do. Um, you get a, maybe you get a little bit of a sense of her from the way she writes. And so right off the bat, you can start to clear out, um, you know, you can, because uh, I would say dating is about sorting things out and sorting things in. So for everything you sort into your pile and go, yes, I want this, you're sorting other things out. Mm-hmm. And so a simple sort of um, way to think about that is if, you want children. You definitely want children. You really want children as a lesbian. And now that's, that's so doable nowadays. You can get a sperm donor. You can have a baby on your own. There's, there's not all this stuff that, that prevents it from happening anymore. And so you find somebody online. You really like her picture. You like what he sa- she says. And then you read through and you go, 
it says she she's really clear like no I don't want children right, right there you you sort her out unless you're a little crazy and you're prepared to compromise yourself or somehow you think you're going to change that which is one of our big mistakes that everybody makes straight or or queer okay it's almost what you, you're saying too mistake. is that as opposed to a public place for example where you really don't have any idea if these people are single to begin with and if they're really looking for a relationship at least with an online venue you know that the people are there specifically looking for a relationship and you know that that's already one part of the screening process that at least you know there's a compatibility right off the bat Exactly. You are starting to, to know some things right away. And so let's say you're lesbian and you're Jewish and your faith is really important to you. So you can screen for is she Jewish. You can go to J-Date and you can uh, look for women on J-Date. So right off the bat, yes, you're, you can clear some really sort of the, the foundational pieces that are important to you about the woman that you're with, right off the bat, you, you've got that information. And um, I, I think it's really fabulous. I think what happens for lots of women, I don't know if this happens for men, but for women they go online, whatever site they go to, and they'll, do, they'll just do a standard search and then they're, they're overwhelmed or they're really discouraged that they're not seeing hundreds of women who are exactly what they want. <laughs> it's just right. like, we go, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, this is not, this is not a, you know, a, this isn't Amazon.com where you're just shopping for everything. But we get into sort of that mindset of we're shopping and we'll look at, you know, I'll, I'll get women to tell me, you know, oh, I spend three hours a day on online dating sites and I'm so discouraged. I'm like, oh, God, of course you are, three hours a day. Right. It's crazy. Go live your life. Don't live in a, don't live in a fantasy. I tell my clients, you know, you shouldn't be spending more than three hours a week doing online dating, but you need to be spending about that much time. Um, another tip that I give women is you need to be making 10 contacts a week online. And with 10 contacts a week, you'll probably be able to get one date out of that. Because mm -hmm. you'll, have, you'll have seven of them who won't respond back. 70% you won't hear back from. Just right. right off the bat, don't take it personally. It says nothing about you and really says nothing about them. It's just the way online dating works. Right. But you, you'll probably hear back from maybe three women and maybe one of them is actually going to be a connection to date. So you know, the other important tip I have for women is I know you want this to be easy, but it really takes a commitment to yourself to do this work so that you're out there, you're searching, you're looking, and you're making yourself available and you're making that commitment with your time. You know, we spend 40 hours a week at work. We spend like 68 hours a week sleeping if you sleep eight hours a night or something like that. And to think that one hour a week is going to find you a, an amazing relationship that has the potential to last the rest of your life is sort of, I think, silly. It's like not, not going to happen that way for most of us. And um, so that, that idea of really making commitment to do the work. You know, you don't get fit by going to the gym once. Right. You get fit by going to the gym consistently. You get fit by eating right consistently. And you can find a really great match by consistently doing the steps that, that take you there. 
And I, I think that one of the very important things in doing that work is to be able to really know exactly what your personal requirements are for a relationship and for a partner, and making sure that you're very clear in your online profile that you're specifically articulating that on the profile so that also helps with that screening process. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think you can. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, I, even though you and I both have gone through the, the Relationship Coaching Institute and requirements is part of that package, I always have my clients do that work. What are your requirements? What are your needs? What are your must-haves? And, and help them balance out how those really work. Right. And some of them, yes, I think some of them you can do easily through actually the format that most online dating sites have. Mm -hmm. You know, like do you want children? Are you looking for a long-term relationship or are you just looking to date? And you can, you can have some of those um, requirements in there, and requirements are the same thing. They, they accomplish the same thing. They screen some, some women out and screen other women in. I think the, um, I think the, the, the focus when I work with my clients about writing their online profiles, which is, is another um, service that I provide my clients, is helping them actually craft an effective dating profile. And um, Excellent. Because everybody isn't a writer. I have lots of clients who writing is not their gift. They are not good at it. They know they're not good at it. And you can see, I mean, you can go out and look at a lot of profiles and go, oh my goodness, this woman can't put a sentence together, let alone a paragraph. And that, that puts people off. It puts a lot of people off. Um, some people will, you know, they, won't, they won't look at you if you have one spelling mistake on your profile. And that's maybe somebody you don't want to be with anyway. Um, but I, it is really important to be clear on requirements. And, um, and I like to encourage my clients to go back and review those periodically to make sure that it's, it, really is, um, it, it really is what's accurate for them, that it really has traction in them all the time versus sometimes I find clients will pull a requirement into their list which is really just based on they, they're just not over the pain of their last breakup. And their requirement becomes defensive versus um, sort of this sense of being, this is just who I am. I'm at peace with who I am. I'm comfortable with who I am and, and what my values are in life as opposed to being defensive. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and a, and a, a way to think about that is let's say, um, if your last relationship, the, the woman you were with had a problem with alcohol. So alcohol became a real issue in the relationship. And so now you're saying my requirement is that my future partner um, doesn't drink at all. I'm like, okay, all right, let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. Let's really dig into, well, why is that the case? Well, because in my last relationship, whenever she drank, we had fights. Okay, well, is it about the alcohol or about the fighting? Right. What's really the bottom line? Is it that, and, and are you somebody who never, ever drinks? Well, no, I have a glass of wine once in a while. I just don't drink much. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you can have a glass once in a while, but your partner can't ever drink. And, and I think that's an important part of what dating coaches do is really help our clients sort through what a good relationship really looks like for them. Right. And right. when we talk about requirements, go, well, tell me what that actually would look like. Tell me a story of when it didn't happen and what happened to you. And 
help sort through those pieces, just like that example of, you know, was it the alcohol or was it the fighting? Mm-hmm. Or was it, you know, was it both together? And, um, and so it is a really very important piece. And I think it's one of, the, one of the great blessings of being single is you really do get to sit down and sort and define all those things for yourself. With laser and, focus. <laughs> mhm, mhm, and uh, versus somebody who's in a committed relationship who might say, "Wow, oh, this now that now that I've gotten older, this wouldn't be my choice." But I'm committed, so I'm working with what is and learning how to be grateful for all those pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, no relationships are perfect, but finding somebody who's compatible. So that you're not not just fighting because you're both in the same room breathing, which is right. what happens to some people, um, you know. And they're both really good people, but they just they just have hard edges that bang up against each other, and that's just never going to change. Mm-hmm. So doing that work beforehand is so valuable. Mary, another question that I wanted to ask you too, in your experience with lesbians, is on my website. I actually a few years back I put a poll on there in regards to. Uh, not in an online capacity, but is how difficult is it for a person to approach someone that they're interested in, you know, in a bar setting or if they're in a, um, a a class or a street festival or something like that? You know, I asked people what they're more com- comfortable doing in terms of approaching someone or being more of the passive participant in that situation. And I would say it was probably a good 85% or more of the people said that they preferred to wait and have the other person approach them. And I just began thinking how many missed opportunities are out there for people who haven't taken that proactive step to, you know, try to be the driver of their life in that type of a situation. And I was just wondering if you find that to be a problem in the lesbian community as well. Oh my gosh, Brian, that is such a great question because it really is true. I find that to be a really big um barrier within the lesbian community that women are waiting for everybody else to do the asking. Mm-hmm. And part of that is, is that I think we really don't understand the clues that are being given to us frequently. And if we understood those clues, then we might feel more comfortable about making approaches. And one of the programs that I have is a program on body language, and I call it Read Her and Weep No More for, <laughs> I love that. for shy girls. <laughs> and, and the idea is that we, the first language we ever learned was body language. As infants, we understood how to read faces and body language before we had a vocabulary of words, mm-hmm. and we've become very unconscious about it. A lot of people are actually very unconsciously aware of it, we call it intuition. Something about that person just didn't strike me as right. Mm -hmm. And it's with something about that person's body language. But in dating, in flirting, in attraction, people give off signals. There's lots of signals that are being given off. And when you understand them, you know when to approach. You know that that woman has maybe some interest in you. You've seen the signals and so you're not, it's not actually like a cold call, because like, I think we think of it as a sales job. It's not a cold call. It's a warm invite to make an approach. And if you have those skills and you have that knowledge, you've got a leg up on what's happening in the room, and um, you'll know if you should approach somebody or not. 
Absolutely. You're really bringing up some good points about body language and reading signals. And as you were talking, it kind of triggered a memory in me about 10 years ago, um, a, a female friend and I went to a, a lesbian club and she was single and she had just broken up with someone and she just kind of wanted to test the waters again and do some recreational dating. And she was very afraid of approaching other women and she also knew that that was also another difficulty for she didn't know if she was going to be approached either so mm -hmm. <laughs> what she did was she actually made a sign and this wouldn't be for everyone but she made a sign that she attached to her back that said single want to dance with me <laughs> i love it oh <laughs> my god that's it out so there, great hordes of women started swarming after her thinking that was the most creative greatest thing ever and i just think that that illuminates another issue here too which is you know trying to be creative and kind of spark that interest in, in in people to approach you potentially it was an easy kind of prop mm -hmm. to have people mm -hmm. to approach her you know I really love that um, you know Brian one of the things that we deal with in lesbian culture I don't know that you do in gay culture but is what I think is as, as one of the underlying drivers for women whether you're straight or lesbian, which is safety. Women have a much greater um, consciousness of safety than the average man. And I, I think that's just driven into our DNA. And it shows up in the way that women um, run in cliques. And if you go out to a bar or you go out to a party, it's this clique situation. And it's not that everybody's not open to meeting new people, it's that we're driven by our need for safety. Mm -hmm. So we want to be with women we know and we feel safe with. But then what happens is we end up shutting out the opportunity to meet other women or they don't feel like you can't approach a closed circle. From a body language perspective, a closed circle is closed. You don't go and insert yourself into that click or that circle that's that's a that's a no-no but what she did was she just created this advertisement which opened up uh, all kinds of opportunity for her I just think that's such a fabulous idea I love it I'm gonna do something with that I think that's so great <laughs> what would be just one final thing here real quick Mary that would be just another really important thing that you would like um, single lesbian daters to know uh, let's see, single, uh, there's so many important things, but one of the things that um, I really work with women on is their attitude about themselves mm -hmm. and what they believe about themselves and their self-talk. Um, so I think it's really important to, um, to not get so caught up in what's going on you know, sort of when you look at what other women are doing, whether it's your friends who are in couples or you're going to events where everybody are single and maybe women talk to you and maybe they ask you to dance or don't, or maybe you approach women and ask them to dance and they say yes or no, about understanding that people's responses to you, particularly on a first date or when you're trying to get a first date, doesn't really say anything about you. They don't know you. They're strangers. Right. And... And I always, I'm always talking to people about, you know, when you first meet somebody, she's a stranger. And just take that into account. She doesn't know anything about you. She rejects you. It's not about you. It's about her. Right. And, um, and really 
really learn how to love yourself. I think it's the most important thing we can do to get to the place where we find a great match in our lives. And that really speaks to the law of attraction. You know, how we feel about ourselves mm-hmm. is going to be projected out and we will attract similar. So I think that's exactly. a really important point. It's really true. Well, Mary, you've offered us some really important tips that I, I think are, are great. And where can people um, find you on the Internet? What's your website? Uh, it is um, www.gaygirldatingcoach.com. And I love that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> and also, Mary uh-huh. and I write columns for datingadvice.com for um, mm-hmm. uh, gay and lesbian dating issues, so please check that out too. And Mary, we've really enjoyed this. I am so glad that you came on board and would hope to do this again soon. Brian, I would love to. It's uh, great talking to you, and um, I would love to do it again soon. Best great. of Thank luck you to so you much. and everything you're doing. Thank you too. You. Bye-bye. Bye. I'd like to thank Mary once more for sharing some of her advice on how to be more successful in the lesbian dating world. In our talk, she highlighted the importance of having a solid online presence with a well-crafted dating profile that really speaks to your personal requirements for a partner and relationship. Online personals can be an excellent platform to market yourself and screen for compatibility with other women, and this really has become increasingly popular in our community as a way of meeting people. I might also add that there are benefits to spreading your dating efforts across a variety of venues as well. I've had clients in the past that have become overly dependent on just one particular dating strategy at the exclusion of others, and it can really help increase your odds of success if you adopt a more holistic approach, as long as you're aligning yourself in settings that speak to your values and interests only. This way, you'll more likely be surrounded by others with similar preferences that might actually help you make a love match. We also talked about safety, the importance of self-esteem and confidence in dating, approaching women of interest, and committing to do the work of dating. And this is just the tip of the iceberg, actually, but if you give these ideas a try, you just might find yourself making some great headway in your dating goals. I'm Dr. Brian Ripsinski at thegaylovecoach.com, and thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.